Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. Welcome back to another episode of Cheeky Chip Chat, our second episode since the return of football. And uh, we've got, uh, I would say, a pretty big game to cover today. Uh, and we've also are celebrating our 50th, the big 5-0, our 50th episode of Cheeky Chip Chat. So we will be addressing that uh, at the beginning of the show. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Uh, I am, of course, joined today by Paul. And returning, we have Jose Mourinho. Yes, I'm in fact back. <laughs> uh, not holding illegal training sessions with players, thank God. Right, right, right. This is, not a, this is of course, not the real Jose Mourinho, but uh, he's our Jose Mourinho. Uh, Jose, how you doing? How you been? We caught up with Paul last week. We caught up with Jaden. But uh, how have you been holding up in... Uh, self-isolation quarantine this time of social distancing how are you holding up yeah so to quote uh michael jordan when he plays in madison square garden he was in the mecca and i was in the mecca of coronavirus in new york city so i decided to go back home and get some free food and avoid <laughs> uh at all getting infected that's a good call i would say that's a good call um any idea when you're gonna go back any idea just uh Oh, uh, not anytime soon to answer that question. Okay, cool. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's no point right now. I mean, I can't even catch you know a New York New York City FC game. So I don't. I don't think I'm going to make the the trek on the train. That's fair. That's fair. I think that's. I think that's that's perfectly logical. And Paul, uh, you're back. You're back. Thank you for coming back as always. Uh... <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> How you been? How was your How was your week? Anything Anything big happen? A week's been good. Um, you know, nearing the end of the school year, so coming coming to the end here. Um, nothing big though. You know, uh, I'm happy we have Bundesliga back. It's been quite a. Uh, well, I mean, this week's just been. I mean, it's been a lot this weekend. <laughs> um, I'm glad we have soccer to keep our minds off of it. Let's just put it that way, without yeah. getting too into anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Go ahead. No doubt. 50th, big five zero. Five zero. Big five zero. It's a big. It's a big fifty. Uh, I I I forgot to prepare a big celebratory tone to play, so I'm just gonna have to go with. Ta-da! You know, there we are. There we are. Woo! Confetti! Yay! Hey, fifty! Woo! Uh, Paul. Fifty episodes. Yeah. Got any? Uh, got any moments? Any? 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 Anything in particular that you remember that you'd like to? You'd like to highlight any any episodes the viewers or the listeners, I guess, should uh, go back and go back and check out uh, over the course of the last forty nine episodes. Well, we've had some really good moments on this show for sure, um, and I loved making our team of the uh, years at the end of the year. That was a lot of fun. But um, I think my favorite moment in the past fifty episodes, Raul, was still us debating Paul Pogba versus Jose Mourinho. One hundred percent agreed that was I, I was gonna say that was gonna be my moment that like my highlight moment of like if you're gonna check anything out you should go back and listen to that because it was heated it was uh it was it was respectful uh but it was it was intense and it was a good discussion and i really enjoyed it i like it my my favorite part of it it was i, I like to think of it as the first time rahul took me seriously on this show because he was like wow this kid did some research before coming on today <laughs> i was impressed see because i think see because i live in because it was all about manchester united right and i live and breathe it but i was impressed at how much this kid researched before coming into coming in there and trying to throw down but you know we'll, we'll let you guys decide uh who you agreed with uh, at the end of that one that was uh definitely a good debate uh yeah. jose it's been great to have uh, you on over the last over the last several episodes. Uh, any any favorite moments from you uh, from your time on the show? Is you calling Paul out at any time, uh, clutching up in twenty questions. You know, you got anything you you know you can you can think of. Uh, I like just bringing up the Liverpool starting eleven versus Barcelona starting eleven <laughs> with Paul. I I just whenever. 
whenever I was bored on this podcast, which was never, but when when I was, <laughs> I would ju- I would bring it up and it would it would bring some sort of animosity between us, a little bit of you know, you know, robbery, which which I am not even a Liverpool supporter, but you know, I'll just, let just... the blasphemy go. It's fine, Jose. <laughs> so Paul, Paul, he's in both of these moments. You think about it. <laughs> It's great. It's Man. great. It's great. We've had some. We've had some fun times. And cheers in the next uh, fifty episodes, and hopefully many, many, many more. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into uh, the match that we are deep frying this week with deep fry. You know, I'm always torn whether I'm going to reveal the the match that we're deep frying before or after deep fried. But uh, since I didn't do it before, I might as well just talk about it after. Last week, we spent a lot of time introducing, coloring the match with uh, the history and all that stuff. This match needs absolutely no introduction uh, in German football, the only major uh, European league that has resumed. Um, it is, of course, Der Klassiker. Uh, it was played midweek, interestingly enough, not on the weekend, uh, played on Tuesday, uh, and it was, uh, played in Dortmund stadium. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, definitely an interesting one. Some talking points for sure. Uh, well, we'd like to start with the formation, Paul, uh, Dortmund going with a back three, uh, packing the midfield. Uh, a bunch of very pacey players, especially um, out wide, um, really wanting to support Erling Holland and get the ball to him and make uh, you know get him uh, good chances to score. And then Bayern, of course, uh, with that incredibly solid midfield duo of Kimmich and uh, Goretzka. Um, they've got uh, they've got Davies and Alaba uh, on the left side of their of their defense to uh, you know lock it down and 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 track runners back. Um, and then, of course, they've got the likes of world-class striker Robert Lewandowski uh, leading the line for them uh, against Borussia Dortmund. Paul, you got any any thoughts on these lineups? Well, the Dortmund lineup didn't surprise me. Neither lineup surprised me too much. But let's get into the Dortmund one here. This is the one they've been lining up for the past two games with, that kind of 3-4-3, uh, three, three, or if you want to even see it as a 5-2-3. Um, but Hakimi and Guerrero are definitely playing more wing winger roles than mm-hmm. wing-back roles. Um, so I think it's not out of the ordinary that they went with this role, specifically because of the injuries they've sustained recently. Um I was, however, surprised because Jaden Sancho had played in the weekend game, uh, not to see him in the lineup this this week. Uh, Hazard and Brandt have been playing phenomenal soccer recently, especially Julian Brandt. It's been absolutely on fire since the return. Um, but I would say the the um, exemption of Jaden Sancho and leaving him on the bench was kind of my biggest surprise. Um, I'm not even mad about uh, Dahoud uh, playing in the midfield next to Delaney. Uh, I think there has to be a little bit rotation. So I think that definitely, I was very comfortable with the Dortmund lineup um, because of the way they'd been playing the past two games with the exact same setup. Um, Yeah. uh, Jose, any thoughts about uh, the Dortmund lineup or Bayern lineup? I don't know. I think it was pretty standard. I mean, um, both teams were lining up pretty much how they've been doing in the past, you know, a couple games since the restart. What I was looking forward to the most, I don't know about you guys, was Hakimi versus Alfonso Davies. And I wanted to figure out which of the two was the fastest player in the Bundesliga. And if you just look at the Bundesliga and you line up the fastest players in the Bundesliga, who would you think? You would think of Nabry, Hakimi, you know, Alfonso Davies. I think those guys are up there probably the fastest in the world. And not to mention that they both occupy the same position, kind of a wing back. I mean, more Hakimi's more on the wing whereas Alfonso Davis is a natural left back. And they happen to be on the same side. Exactly. And that's that was going to be the big talk. I mean, that was the big showdown. And I think it's crazy to see how far like football or soccer has come that the big showdown was two fullbacks. Like, just think about this. If you told me 10 years ago, I'm looking forward to a match, and which matchup are you looking for? You know, you tell me a left back versus a right back, it would be like, I'm not. I'm not watching this game, but now by by now it's the modern day that you really want these kind of players on your team, and it's 
was really setting up this like really tantalizing you know matchup and you know that was something i was really going to be looking for and a lot of people were talking about that leading up i really like that answer because you know a lot of people were billing this as holland versus Lewandowski. And one thing I hate, it's like one of my pet peeves, is when people see two strikers like on opposite teams and they're like, oh, it's this person versus this person. It's like, well, not really. Like, it's not like you're going to see Lewandowski going in and two-footing Holland because that means he's pretty out of position or he's defending a corner. Like, like no, very I rarely. I so agree on that. You know, like very rarely is that actually going to happen. So, like, at least what you're talking about, when you've got a fullback like Hakimi who likes to push up and you've got Davies who's going to track him back, like you're actually going to see those guys go head-to-head and see – you know, who wins out on that matchup, who dominates the left or right side, depending on which team you're talking about, you know, but you you, you, you get what I mean. You're actually seeing a matchup of two players who are going to go toe to toe. Yeah. I mean, I get so frustrated when they talk about it in other sports, specifically like football and quarterback matchups and mm-hmm. pitchers and baseball. It's like, they're not playing against opposing defenses or opposing batters. Like no one's out pitching the other because they're not playing the same like people. So there's mm-hmm. no reason to make this up. You know, I think that's obviously commentators have nothing to talk about, so they make it listen to that. Mm-hmm. But totally agree. I mean, this is like you're going to figure out who's the better of the two by the end of this game in this one game, albeit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and another thing I wanted to talk about before we actually get into a little bit of the tactics uh, was the addition of crowd noise. They did pump crowd noise in for this game. Personally, I got to say, I didn't have a problem with it because here's the wow. thing. If, so here's the thing. If you're going to pump crowd noise when there's people in the stadium, that's cringe. That's like cringe level 1,000, <laughs> right? But if, if the alternative is playing with absolutely no crowd noise, no atmosphere, and like all you can do is you can hear like a few of the players talking, I don't mind having a little bit of that noise in there to create some atmosphere, at least especially for a big rivalry game, personally. That's just my opinion. So just one quick note on this, because I'm absolutely, especially from a viewer's point of view, I really liked the crowd noise aspect of it. Um, From what I understand, that is a production uh, side thing and not actually happening in the stadium itself. Really? Okay. I I thought it was happening in the stadium. Well, they did a good job. Yeah. Research, Paul. Research. That's awesome. Damn. Well, thank you for looking into that. No, yeah, yeah. So they're they're playing they're playing in the silence in the stadium. It's a production thing for the viewership. Well, for from a viewer's point of view, I loved it personally. I thought it was fantastic, and I really I really thought it made not that the game is uninteresting to watch without it, but it it it, it added a little uh, je ne sais quoi to the to the game. You know, the there's just something about it that was great. Um, so I personally, I did like it. Um, and so you're not a fan. Are you not a fan? I know. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I agree with the point that you know, if you ha- if you already have actual fans, there's no reason to do that. Right. But I, I thought it was a little weird. And then I was watching an earlier. I don't think it was as weird or weirder than the fake cardboard fans in the stands. That I think is <laughs> super weird. I don't. What I do like. And that's the reason I'm kind of saying no crowd noise is because I just, even though I don't speak German and will have no idea what they're saying, I just like hearing them yelling at each other and just having all these sounds and then immediately jumping on Google Translate and trying to like play the game of like, what did they just say? Or like (laughs) figure out what's going on. And I think one time it was picked up that the guy called the other guy's mom, you know, something not nice. So, I mean, those are the moments I look forward to the most. Nice. Especially after watching the Jordan documentary, I need some trash talk on, on the field a little bit. There you I go. understand that. Yeah, you you definitely lose out on that when it's drowned out by the crowd noise. So I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. Um, so let's get into the let's get into the game. Dortmund definitely designed to uh, build up much faster, uh, draw Bayern onto them, hit them on a little bit of a counterattack, even if they weren't parking the bus per se. Um, they had the man advantage in the midfield, six versus five. Um, and they definitely made use of it, especially like we said, talked about exploiting uh, the flanks with pace. Guerrero and Hakimi doing a real good job of uh, getting down, getting down the flanks, especially um, Hakimi. Um, Hakimi and Azard um, combining really well down that right hand side uh, against Navri and uh, Alfonso Davies. Uh, at times, just absolutely catching them out, being absolutely free in there. Um, Davies can of course can afford to get away with that kind of that kind of stuff because of his pace. Um, I'm, I'm of course talking about 
there was one instance, um, I think it was in the ninth minute, um, where uh, Hakimi uh, plays in Hazard, um, and he gets down the right flank, and almost exactly the same thing that they did against Mönchengladbach last week that we talked about, um, when they slide the ball across um, to Erling Holland in the box, uh, Alfonso Davies doing an absolutely fantastic job recovering, and I thought both teams uh, did a good job uh, recovering, but both teams definitely uh, going for it uh, and and not 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 sitting back per se, uh, but definitely trying to trying to hurt the opposition. Yeah, I mean, I think and I, we should mention this real quick before we get into any farther. the The table up to this point for the Bundesliga, there was four points separating Dortmund. So this was a must win for Dortmund mm-hmm. and a must win for Bayern, which made this classicer much more interesting. So I'm I'm in complete agreement. They both came out to win this, which I think in this time of no fans, it often seems less intense, but I did not get that in this match at all. Yeah, you for know? sure. Especially with it being a rivalry game, they they were really going for each other's throats. Um there were some nice spells from each side. Um, it, personally, I found Dortmund created more chances, and I think the stats probably back that up. Uh, I'm looking at the the understat map here, uh, and I see a lot. More, I see a lot more blue shots than. Uh, yeah, they did have shoot them, Rahul. Yeah, by by a couple though. By by, couple. by a few, but there were. What happened was, I think it was in the first half. There was this spell of about ten minutes. I think it was between the thirtieth and the fortieth minute where Dortmund absolutely dominated Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich couldn't play out of their own half, and Dortmund were pinning them in with their fullbacks, and they just kept putting in cross after cross after cross after cross after cross. But I just didn't see the quality of cross that I saw last week. It, it, was, it was always a little bit too high or a little bit too early or... You know, it was, it was just completely mishit. And they were able to gather on each flank and just continue to whip in crosses. But as I've all, I've said many times on this show over the last 49 episodes, if you don't put away your chances, I can almost guarantee you're going to lose the game. Because the other team, at some point, the momentum will swing in their favor and they'll get their chance. And it's just the karma of football that they'll they'll the chances are that they're going to take your ch- take their chance and punish you for it. And uh, it appears to be what happened in the first half without kind of blowing through. If you guys want to talk about anything in the first half, that appeared for me that was kind of how the first half went. It was really nice spells followed by Dortmund dominating Bayern, and then Bayern for the final probably five to eight minutes um, pinning Dortmund back themselves, trying to trying to get something ball pings around a little bit and then uh and then the goal goes in which we'll talk about in a second yeah i was pretty surprised by dortmund um breaking into breaking through byron's midfield and getting some good like positioning and shots off um going into the game definitely byron had the best defense coming into the bundesliga um in terms of just actual goals conceded but also from like like underlying perspective from uh xg uh, and that's just attributed due to like how fast their wingbacks are, and also they have Kimmich sitting in in there, just making sure that that nothing gets kind of by him. So I was kind of surprised, especially since they're built through coming in on the wing with the two wingbacks we talked about. Mm-hmm. But Dor, you know, Dorman had no issue in terms of like getting getting through there and creating some good shots, and they had that Holland chance that was cleared off the line by Boateng, who by the way had a great game. Uh, we'll talk about a specific moment for him, which kind of got lucky. But yeah, we, he, yeah. Was, he, he had a vintage Boateng performance, and this is kind of not the same Boateng that was, you know, considered to be the best center back in the world, like let's say four years ago. He was definitely on lower on the lower um, on lower on the totem pole in terms of like the depth chart for center backs because they brought in Lucas Hernandez, they have Nico Sule, um, they have Pavard who switched plays at right back. Yep. So I mean great vintage you know performance from Boateng and you know I think that you know looking at the stats the best chance in the first half was that uh Serge Gnabry shot that was also cleared off the line so mm-hmm. very very even game and a lot of, I thought a lot of you know like a lot of people like Bayern was going to come in here and win comfortably like they have in previous meetings against the two for the two teams yeah definitely definitely put up a good fight Paul I was I was actually surprised coming into watching the first half specifically um and there might be a little bit of bias here role but just a very tiny bit okay 
I thought coming into it, um, Dortmund was going to be the better team. I really did. I can't you blame know, I, you. Uh, they just because of the way they'd been working, you know, the past two games since coming back from this, you know, the unprecedented break. I thought they looked better than Bayern, not because Bayern has been losing because they haven't. They've also been killing. It. I just thought Dortmund came out sharper than any other team starting off. The first half really took it back. I, I was obviously Dortmund dominated, but Bayern was holding their own. In fact, Bayern at times, and I think partially responsible for this is the role of uh, Thomas Mueller kind of just being everywhere all the time. Um, but you could really see Bayern, they weren't uncomfortable at any particular point. Maybe not completely in control, mm-hmm. but never uncomfortable exactly. you know, in that first it, half. Exactly. Not just in the first half, I think in the in the well, whole yeah. in the whole game, right? right? Because sure. I mean, I think they probably could have played that game. I mean, barring the incident in the 58th minute, which don't worry, we will get to. But barring the incident in the 58th minute, I think they probably could have played until the next day. And I know I'm not sure Dortmund was going to score, just given the way that the match was playing out. They just lacked that that cutting edge on this particular day, taking a little bit too long on every shot. And like I said, just missing their passes in the final third um, that, you know, just it, it ultimately uh, made it all fall apart for them. But let's get to... Uh, Joshua Kimmich is uh, absolutely cheeky, cheeky, cheeky go-ahead goal. Uh, ball pings around a little bit outside the box, falls to him, uh, and he chips it from outside the box cheekily over the outstretched hand of Roman Burki. Guys, do we think that Burki should have done better here, or was this just picture-perfect precise accuracy from the central defensive midfielder converted from a right back. Oh, I love this game. Was it a good shot or poor goalkeeping? Right. My favorite cheeky chip chat game. Um, <laughs> can it be both? Is it allowed to be both? It could be know. both. It can be a little. It probably is. It probably always is a little bit of both. Look, Roman Berkey with his level of play should have stopped that for sure. <laughs> is Kimmich possibly the most intelligent player on the field at that exact moment for thinking that's even possible yes also probably true (laughs) yes (laughs) jose yeah so i i was looking into it and um david uh david priest on twitter who's a goalkeeper coach um and he's a very good follow uh that's a free plug obviously by us we don't get any money from ads or anything (laughs) um he was weighing in that it wasn't really the attempt of, of trying to save it was Berkey's biggest issue it was more his positioning off a line that obviously led to Kimmich to think that he could pull this off, which he did. So I think it's mostly Berkey being a little bit too high in his line and Kimmich on opening as opposed to a weak hand. Cause he got a pretty good contact on it. It was just, you know, he was scrambling way too late. So mm-hmm. props are for Kimmich to hit that. I he was mean, cheating uh, a little bit too far to his near post. And then he got caught out just because of how precise the shot was. And it was, you know, yeah, so it, it is a little bit of both. That's 100%. I would put it in that category without a doubt, which is 99% every single time. Yeah. Um, Stats. I would say in terms, I would say quality of chances, just because, and I think it's probably skewed because of how high the XG value is for that that blocked uh, Serge. Was it Serge Nabry? Um, yeah, Serge Nabry, yeah. Sh- that, that, that shot inside the box. Uh, it's probably skewed, but I would say Bayern with the higher quality chances, even though there may have been a few fewer of them. But Joshua Kimmich scoring on a fantastic chip, which only had, a, Jose, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you have it up. I believe the XG value for that was like 0.03. Yeah, I'm going to check it right now. But usually anything outside the box, you're talking about It's like max, really like small. Yeah, you're talking max, like 5%, unless it's a free kick, which is a dead ball situation. But they had it at point oh three. That's uh, pretty, sh- you know, Rahul on his game today. On my game. On my game. See, man, see, I put it, I put in the preparation. Hey, can I throw a really hot take out there? Yeah, go ahead. Is Joshua Kimmich a top 20 player in the world right now? Yeah, I think, I think he is, right? Is he a top 15 player, or is that pushing it? It's tough just because like like I would de- I would definitely say he's like like a top 5 or top 10. Top 
five. I would go with a, I would go with the top five player in his position. In his position, oh, yeah. yeah. Overall, though, that's that. No, no, that's no. But that's what I'm with. saying. Overall, it's a little bit more difficult just because you have like all the positions everywhere and like you know comparing attributes. I don't like to do that personally. So I would I would give you that he's a top five in his position right now. All right. One more at you. Is he the best German player right now? Uh, no, Timo Werner. Werner's okay. okay. Well, you've got Timo Werner, Werner and big. you've also got like some of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. We're also German. All right, right? that's fair. I so. was, yeah, I think yeah, okay. he's up there though, Paul. Like, yeah. I, and I think he's like definitely, definitely cream of the crop. Like, like if you're talking yeah. German national team players, like some of their like highest quality assets, he's definitely one of them. Gotcha. All right. All right. Yeah, I was definitely thinking outfield players. You're absolutely right. I mean, Neuer and Tristegen are going to have something to say about that. But uh, yeah. All right. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. If so, you look at like yeah. X, if you just look at XG, XG and expected assists combined per 90, he's like, he's top, he's the 43rd player in the Bundesliga for a defensive midfielder. That's, that's fairly impressive. The only guy who's, Above him is one guy, and that would be Eric Tomney from Dusseldorf. I'm, I'm assuming he's their only good player because they're not that good. But just from <laughs> his job is to get the ball back and just circulate possession like Philip Blum. But on top of that, he is creating good chances and, and also like getting good opportunities. So like the dude is obviously all around so good. I think his ceiling is higher than Philip Blum's. That's a that's a that's a that's a top take. He's I think top Philip take because be... Philip Lom was so good for so long, and he was like oh, he's like and, and Philip Lom would be in the he's no doubt like t- like Germans Germany's best eleven players. He's in there. He's yeah. like in that in that best eleven. Yeah. I just want to quickly before everyone gets on me on that hot take. His ceiling, like where he could eventually be, I think is potentially higher than Philip Lom's ceiling. Yeah, because he's, he's twenty four. He's not right there now. yet. He's not there yet for sure. Okay. Yeah. It's a hot take, man. I I mean, it doesn't have to be right. It's just. No, you're right. You're right. I just wanted to defend myself on that point. Sorry. Thanks for letting me get that out there, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Dude, I think think you're up. Philip Law, when he burst onto the scene, I remember it as 06 World Cup. So he was around around 23 years old, which is around what Kimmich is right now. So it's pretty close. It's pretty close based on their contribution overall to the team. Future potential future Bayern captain, then maybe. He's, dude, he's already the German captain. He's already played German captain for a, a, a few games. There you go. I think Kroos was out of the side. But there you go. Dude, I think he was a Leipzig player. No, he was a yeah. He was a Leipzig player before Bayern got him. That's that's pretty funny. Wow, Bayern just went and swept up some talent. Well, I've never heard of that before. I've never heard that. I'm so before. happy we're talking about Bundesliga, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Paul Paul was by far the happiest to find that this it was the first league back. The first league back, yes, yeah, I absolutely. know, right? <laughs> All right, uh, let's get let's get into the second half, guys. Um, yes, I mean, not that it. we have tons to talk about, but uh, it was largely Bayern defending and counterattacking, kind of the shoe on the other foot. Like, all right, we've got the lead now. You guys can kind of figure it out. Um, and uh, I would the, the, really the only thing I want to talk about, other than Lewandowski's eighty second minute off the post effort, which I would have loved to go in because I would have absolutely lost it it would have been a fantastic goal um is of course the aforementioned Jerome Boateng uh on the ground um I actually missed this while I was watching the game like I just thought it was a poor effort from Holland uh and I was like uh, and then after it happened I was like oh it's deflected whatever because it was not it didn't really seem to be any like real appeal for anything uh but then afterwards I watched it back and it's totally the case that Jerome Boateng very cheekily puts his arm on the ground. Byron being real cheeky in this game, putting putting his arm on the ground to make it look like he's trying to get up, and actually it just it just blocks the ball from going into the goal. Um, and so, even though by rule I believe the the rule is that your if your hand is supporting your body to get up and it's like on the ground, then you can't be have handball given against you. I believe that's the rule. Uh, but it's just a really clever, cheeky kind of move from him, just to kind of you know do that i don't know that was that was my take is just it's it's technically not against the rules but it's kind of a cheap shot no like you don't have to have a lot to figure out the guy extended his hand to block the shot to impede a goal so it's a penalty kick and there's no that's just like you look at it he's on the ground he slips he's trying to recover he sticks out an arm he blocks holland's shot it goes out for a corner it's a penalty kick it's super intentional 
and it's also super clever and, and just shows you his experience on that and <laughs> i can't believe he didn't go into review it's so clever the way he did it that like it's cheap but like technically there's enough in there that i think if like if var is in there to interpret like clear and obvious errors and there was not a penalty given then you can't say there was a clear and obvious error just purely for the fact that he's getting up off the ground and you're allowed to do that no, I completely agree. I, 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 he was very intelligent in that moment. A little cheap, kind of Tom Brady-esque. Very cheeky. I like it. <laughs> uh, very cheeky, very cheeky. Um, should have been a penalty. Should have been 1-1. Not complaining. Not complaining. And also, if, if Dortmund's, and I don't think anybody is, but Dortmund really shouldn't hang their hat on that as the reason why they lost this game because they had so many yeah. other opportunities that they just did not put away that again i'm like i have very little sympathy for you so um yeah it is what it is sometimes it goes against you and in this case it did uh byron win this game one nil and uh they are still on top of the bundesliga paul if i am correct now by seven points just just to give you a context too i think byron leads the whole entire like big five leagues in possession per game and Dortmund had more possession this game, which is pretty unheard of based on them always keeping the ball in every single domestic league game. Mm-hmm. I want to know when was the last time they didn't have the most possession in a game. Well, it's cra- it's crazy because, like, formation-wise, when you look at it, like, the 3-4-3, I feel like, was not... The way they set it up was not designed to maintain that much possession, and then they yeah. had to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That was... Uh, that was Dirk Lasker, guys. Um, so let's move on to uh, chip specials. We've got a few news updates, and then we'll move on to the cheeky chip chat. All right, guys. Football's on its way back. Football's on its way back. Paul, I know you've really loved all the coverage that we've been given to the Bundesliga, but the other European leagues needs some love too so let's get into telling you guys we talked a little bit about the plans last week we've now got some some official plans um as to when these when these leagues are going to come back um so let's go to uh let's go to seria uh seria is going to be returning on officially june the 20th so not too long a little bit less than a month uh about three weeks uh, and we'll have uh, italian football back gonna be great to have that back We've got the Premier League. The Premier League just announced uh, today uh, that it will be resuming on June the seventeenth, and uh, I don't, I didn't look too much into the the Serie A plan, but I know at least for the Premier League plan, they're going to be playing pretty much every single day, at least one game, several weeks in a row. So there's going to be tons of football, tons of stuff for us to cover, tons of matches to be deep fried or lightly lightly fried, if that needs to be the case because there's just so many games uh coming in such a short span um there's just going to be tons for us to cover um and finally uh la liga jose you said it was the 12th yeah i think it yeah it's june 11th or june 12th one of those two i think it's i think it's the 12th um but that's the card is getting it right now yeah um, uh, actually, June twentieth is when it's coming back. Okay, so the twentieth. Okay, so they're and all coming back around the same time. The Premier League making yeah. it back before the other two. Um, of course they have to do that because <laughs> uh, they're the Premier League. Um, but uh, tons of tons of soccer coming up after we've been on hiatus these past couple of months. So definitely a lot of content that will be coming your guys' way in future episodes for sure. Rahul, yes. Do you think Bayern playing this early gives them a big inherent advantage over the other teams if they resume Champions League? Uh yeah, I do. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're. If I if I had to put money down, which I can, because I live in New Jersey, is one of the few benefits. <laughs> I would put it. Spending is legal. <laughs> I would put it on. I would put it on Bayern Munich to win the Champions League this year. Just, oh. They play a month before everyone else. Like yeah, they've got much- so much more time to get more match fit and stuff, but. It it, it it would it would also kind of depend on when because I feel like that advantage decreases the longer that other teams are also playing you know so Bayern will have like a month advantage but if the Champions League only starts in August then sure you've, you're talking like maybe three months versus 
like two and a half months probably like three and a half months versus two and a half months it's like at that point is the advantage really as big as it is like if they start like if they started the champions league like when yeah, the leagues are starting it. you see what i'm it's saying like started. then yeah. for sure Bayern has yeah. the advantage but when they've That'd all be been so playing funny. for a few months then it's like you know yeah, it's like they started right back up, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's a good question, though. That is a good question. Um, so that's the state of the leaks. And uh, let's just segue right into Cheeky Chip Chat from here. Um, the Cheeky Chip Chat topic for this week uh, was uh, the, the, the lads were given uh, a max per player salary budget of 100000 British pounds per week. And so everybody had to construct an 11, the best 11 that they could, of players who are making a maximum of 100,000 pounds per week on their current contract. So uh, who would like to go first in sharing their 11 before we discuss this? Before we start, I'd like to say um, these teams will be put out on our social media and you will be able to vote on who had the best teams um, with their uh, with the budget constriction, so I'm putting that out there. I like that. I like that. Thanks. <clears throat> uh, thanks. Thanks for handling that, Paul. Um, and since you spoke up, you can go first. <laughs> uh, should I just read the whole team? Is that how we're going to do this? Just go ahead. I don't know if you guys recorded how much I, I did, but I don't know if you guys did record how much your how much each player is on. Well, um, of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. Come on. Good. 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 We're not slouches here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I doubted you. Do, I've got uh, Robert Lewandowski. I don't. I didn't record what his. Uh, I didn't record what his, his weekly salary was. But if it I think seems it's too good 100K. to be true, we will fact check you live on the air. Um, but uh, yeah, in South in South Korean like currency, he's he's he meets the quota of a right, hundred thousand. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Paul, go ahead. So I'll start off with it. So uh, most of these uh, these salaries, by the way. Uh, if I don't say where it's from, it's from uh, EurofootballRumors.com. I think most of us use that uh, mm-hmm. site, but I'll let you know if it's not from there. Um, and goalkeeper, I have uh, Jan Sommer from uh, yeah at forty three thousand uh, dollars a week or uh, pounds a week. Sorry, pounds a week. Uh, so that's pretty cheap. He's a really nice uh, Bundesliga goalkeeper for Gleibach. Uh, I would argue the second best goalkeeper in Bundesliga, probably. So forty three is not a bad price for him. What formation are you playing, by the way? Uh, four three three, standard four three three. Sorry, okay. I should have put that. Jose, out there. what are you playing? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna play four three three. Okay, as well. I'm the yeah, only one who didn't play a four three three. Okay, you played four four two, Raul. Is no, that you did? no, is that... no, I didn't oh. do a four four two. He's three five two or something like that. Raul one didn't take a goalkeeper. He's just going all yeah, attacking yeah, players. Yeah. He's doing the Tiago Tiago Moda formation. Two, oh seven, yeah, one. yeah, exactly. Tiago Moda. All right. Well, in right back, um, I have Liverpool's own Trent Alexander-Arnold at apparently 40K uh, a, a week in British sterling, pounds sterling. Uh, so another steal, though I'm sure that will be going up here very shortly when he gets a new contract. Um, Niklas Sula from Bayern Munich at 52,000 uh, pounds a week. Um, by the way, I would love to make this a week. I'm just throwing that out there. Any of these I would love to make a week. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Uh, the other center back is Toby Alderweireld uh, with eighty thousand uh, pounds a week, and to uh, finish off my defense. And this is the only, um, the only salary I have not confirmed because it was. I know which very, one it is. This it, it was very difficult to confirm this, but it, Alfonso Davies. Yeah, I couldn't find it myself either, Paul. I was looking through the internet. According to sportekz.com, uh, uh, he makes about 500,000 euros a year, which, yeah, which I do believe is probably somewhere close to that because he came over from MLS for it's a It's all very good, small... dude. I'm pretty sure if he's making 500,000 euros a year, he's not making more than 100,000 pounds per week. Exactly. <laughs> so... he, making, exactly. he did it a week. He would be making $9,615 yeah. a week, which... I don't even know. That's probably not right, but we're going to go with it. I like yeah, that. I'm sure it's closer to like 10K a week or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. I'm going with that. And Alfonso Davies is going to be on that too, by the way. Oh, I was thinking be... about that. I was thinking about Crap. that. Um, Alfonso Davies with, uh, for my left back. So that's my defense, okay? 
Um, then in center, yep. Then in center, uh, uh, my center midfielders. I just had three plain center midfielders: Luis Alberto from Lazio, great choice. With a, yeah, a with a fifty-eight thousand dollars, thousand pounds a, a week. Then Wilfred Ndidi from Leicester City for seventy-five thousand pounds a week. And then to finish it all off, Kai Havertz. Uh, with twenty seven thousand pounds a week, so that's my midfield. Raul, it looks like you might have some of my players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that midfield—that's that's pretty solid. That's a good midfield. <laughs> it's a pretty solid. I, midfield. I thought you guys would really respect uh, the Luis Alberto Lazio pick, so I appreciate that. Uh, then for my attack, I have Serge Gnabry coming in at seventy eight thousand pounds a week. Uh, Sadio Mane is the shocking inclusion on my. Uh, on really? my uh, my eleven, because apparently he only gets paid a hundred thousand dollars a week, so he's going to be my left back. Um, and then Timo Werner, and again, I feel like somebody else might have him on this list. <laughs> Damn, keep going. Sorry, coming in a forty-three k a week. Oh man. So okay. we're we're gonna have a little bit of overlap here. I feel yeah. like it's so it all comes down to the like the nitpicky choices yeah. we all made. That's yeah. what I like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I lied. I went four four two, which is like the classic, um, like commentators. Like, what's your ideal eleven? They all pick four four two and put like four wingers in midfield, and it's like this makes no sense. I love that I asked. Like, I asked what formation? Yeah. Oh, four three three. Oh, what? About, oh, actually, it's a four four two. What? Yeah, no, I probably switched the last minute because Paul said four three three, and we're gonna have the same players, but I'm gonna shift <laughs> them around, and they're gonna work better. They're gonna work better in this formation. Okay, all right, all right. But, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. It's you know making sure the tactics, but also the instructions are now, also see, set correctly. That's how I did mine. That's how I did mine. <laughs> I wanted to create a best team, but go ahead. Yeah. So so I have Dean Henderson in goal. So he plays for Sheffield Wednesday in the Prem, who are surprisingly top table team. Sheffield uh, United. Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> the blades. <laughs> no, oh my saying. god, that's so bad. I'm so, oh, that's so bad. Sheffield United. <laughs> He's Dean Henderson. They're in the top half of the league, and the guy has been a revelation for them. He's he's around 22 years old, and he's on loan from Manchester United. He's making a cool 10,000 pounds a week, and uh, which is so cheap. And Dude, I might as well is... not even like present my team because you'll have paid, like, stolen all my players. <laughs> go, go, go. Yeah, Henderson <laughs> too? Yes! <laughs> uh, I, I thought I was going to come up like... A lot of like the uh, XG guys love him because he's a saved like yeah, he's six awesome six goals above XG, which is like uh, number three in the Premier League behind yeah. Guaita and Dubrovnik with uh, Dubrinka, which uh, Dubrovka, 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 Dubrovnik is where he's been <laughs> filmed. All right, this is Jose's coming in hot after a hiatus. Um, <laughs> all right, so then my back four is Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean. I think that's going to be shooting for anyone. He's the best right back in the world right now, and he's also 40K a week. The guy is, like, top top five in XG assisted, and he plays um, plays for right back for uh, Liverpool, which is insane. My center back's Toby, Toby Alderweireld. That's another Paul uh, omission as well. Uh, sorry, inclusion as well. So, I mean, I think I need someone with sick hair, and Toby Toby's gonna going to be playing, you know, for my... For, being one of my center backs and also i think he's like super good on both feet and like left foot right foot he's phenomenal um which is pretty key because there's not many lefty center backs um the other center back i have is martin screenier from inter milan um whenever i started watching him play the kid is like a freaking tank and he's also super good on the ball i think last season he was averaging around 90 percent uh, pass completion rate while also having a super high adjusted uh, possession adjusted interception total um per 90 which is insane to have and then left back is andrew robertson i mean i at 50k a week um which you know i have to have the two best wingbacks in my team and they're also under that specific threshold so on the wings i've got sadio mane and serge Gnabry, uh which i mean i, I couldn't believe that's you know, Serge and Sadio making less than what we picked, but it is what it is. I think Sadio Mane has not been passing the ball to Salah uh, just to juice his numbers up, uh, you know, because, you know, Salah's making, I think, double what he's making. 
are close to. So that's that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. You know, Wonder Liverpool's been pretty good. They've been keeping that wage ball under wraps. And then Serge Gnabry, I mean, Arsenal just paid the record signing, you know, Nicolas Pepe when they had someone as good, if not better, prior to selling him to Werder Bremen for like 7 million euros. Uh, my two guys in the midfield. So Casimiro is in my midfield. He's my going to be more and more defensive guy. I, obviously, the best, in my opinion, at in the position. And this is prior to he just signed a new contract. So, you know, he's making 45K based on uh, research. So that probably will be going up because he was, I think he was making less than Nacho on the team, which is ridiculous because there's no one else on the team or at all in the world like him. And then I got James Madison uh, as his midfield uh, partner, a little more creative guy, especially good on set pieces. And in front, I have Tino Werner and Gabriel Jesus, or Gabriel Jesus. Uh, so <laughs> as, other, as other people pronounce that. <laughs> wow. So I got Christ on my team. You guys can't beat this team right now. <laughs> I have Jesus Christ on my team. Well, the sole reason I not I'm not going to talk about his XG or anything else. His, just because his last name is Jesus. His last name is Jesus. So come at me. It's hard to argue I with like that. It. it is <laughs> hard to argue with that one. Um, all right, I'll 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 fly through mine. Um, especially because you guys have already sold half of my players. So, um, we'll go with uh, no, what D- formation? What formation, dude? <laughs> Four, two, three, one. Okay. Okay. Uh, with, with three cams, <laughs> well, well, uh, it's it's a, a cam oh, yeah. and then two wider, wider guys, wider cams, yeah, wider, inside, really older. wide cams, really wide cams, to the point that they they all, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it, um, but <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to go with uh, Dean Henderson in goal, Manchester United Loney, um, fantastic player for Sheffield United. Uh, big reason why they're like you said why they're why they're up there. So really good to see him. Uh, right back, Aaron Juan Bissaka, the best defensive right back in the in the Premier League. Don't at me. Do not at me, because <laughs> there is no better defensive right back in the league than Aaron Juan Bissaka, and that's what I'm looking for my fullbacks to do in this formation. And you'll see why. Just like in 1980s, let's just have some guy who just defends. That's but, all hey, man. Hey, man, he's got some assists too this season. Not as many as Trent Alexander-Arnold, but Trent Alexander-Arnold is like a freaking doggy door at, uh, at at right back in terms of letting people down that side. So uh, that's that's just not how I want to play. Um, Milan Skriniar at uh, at center back. Oh, sorry. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is making 90,000 uh, pounds per week. Uh, Milan Skriniar, Jose, you have him in your team. Uh, yep. My other center back is Eder Militao. He's making 100K. Uh, per week um, at left back I've got Teo Hernandez from AC Milan uh, he is making a cool I, I I could only find his his salary on I think it was Sportex whatever it was or Sport EKZ or whatever it was um, I, it only had it monthly so I had to divide by four so I have him making 8,865 pounds per week I feel like that's we'll go oh, with nine no. we'll go with nine so wrong with your player who was like loaned and then bought and sold so that that guy's he's got to be over 40 but we're gonna let it pass <laughs> we're gonna go with, we're gonna go with it said forty thousand pounds per month so we're, we're gonna go with nine um right here um mm-hmm. we've got at central defensive midfielder we've got alan from napoli just because i love how he's able to get all over the pitch uh defending he's a terrier very tenacious so guy um <laughs> Uh, so good at FIFA. Every year, guys, I'm real. He's good at FIFA. Uh, 63,000 pounds per week. Um, I've also got Wilfred Ndidi, Paul. Um, oh, he's nice, my other nice. CDM. Um, he's just such a defensive... Like, dude, is your team going to back? Like, oh, wait. What's going on? Wait, 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 wait. So, because it's so solid defensively, it frees up these next four players to not have to defend at all. At Cam, I have Bruno Fernandez, who's on 100,000 yeah. pounds per week. He's not defending. At left mid, I've got Sadio Mane, just like the rest of you. At right mid, I have Jaden Sancho, who's on a cool 35,000 pounds per week. And at striker, I also have Timo Werner. So, there you go. Who's like Jose Mourinho? He's 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 setting it up for the counterattack. Yeah, and I'm going to destroy everybody. It's going to be great. (laughs) 
That's not very united of you, Raul. The question is, which, who's Timo Werner is the best Timo Werner? That's the question. Mine's going to be interchanged with Mane and Sancho and have Fernandez feeding him, so I, I'm pretty confident. Uh, also, dude, Sadio Mane defends. Like, I, I think he's going to defend. Bruno Fernandez is, like, not going to. Like, I don't think he's even going to play in his position. I think he's going to try to drift striker or something. So, like, there's no position flexibility. Like, he's not going to listen to you when you're like, let's sit back and counter. Bruno Fernandez is going to, like, start chucking it from, like, 35 years no, no, out. No, 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 no. What this, what this enables me to do is maintain possession and have enough of a shield so that if someone else tries to counter on me, I've got enough guys. Dude, do you know how fast Aaron Juan Basaka, Teo Hernandez, and Eder Militao all are? Like, oh, I, I will hunt person. you down from behind if you try and break down on me. And they're too good. And I've got shot stopper Dean Henderson. I'm pretty confident, man. I'm pretty confident in my 11. We will see what the listeners think. Well, yes. Anyway, we will put them up on uh, our social medias uh, with our totals uh, for each team. Uh, and you can go and vote. That would be at Cheeky Chip Chat on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, thanks for letting me plug that role. I Absolutely. That. And I'll let you plug it at the end of the show, too. Um, no, but uh, for now, we will head straight into the trivia championship. All right, guys, some quick trivia questions. And uh, we were going to do two uh, 20 questions, but I think we'll just do I'll, – I'll, I'll pick the first one. Um, so the first trivia question, fastest player to 50 Premier League goals in terms of appearances. Was it A, in honor of our 50th episode, uh, was it A, Alan Shearer, B, Andre Shevchenko, C, Andrew Cole, or D, Matt Letizia? Can you repeat them one more time? Yes. A, Alan Shearer. B, Andre Shevchenko. C, Andrew Cole. Or D, Matt Letizia. I'm going Alan Shearer. Okay. I'm going to go Shevchenko. And you both are incorrect. It was, of uh, course, United striker Andy Cole. at C. Do you get lost in the shuffle with all the great strikers? I know. That's why I had to add in Matt Letizia to throw you guys off. Otherwise, if I had done like Sergio Aguero, Cristiano Ronaldo like freaking Thierry Henry or Andrew Cole, you would have known there would have been only one reason why it put Andrew Cole in there. It's because the right <laughs> yeah. answer. Which That's one is shot. not one of the, which one is not, which one does not belong. <laughs> yeah. Which one does not belong. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. It's an SAT question, that, which is, which is also really disrespectful because Andy Cole is a fantastic striker. But... Yeah, I know. It's probably like sick. <laughs> He's fantastic. like so good. I probably have to look at this, look at the stats later. Uh, fastest player to 50 Serie A goals. In terms of appearances, was it A, Ronaldo Nazario, B, Andrei Shevchenko, C, Marco Van Basten, or D, Cristiano Ronaldo? Wait, is this Ronaldo? That the first, Ronaldo the first one is Brazilian Ronaldo. The last one is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what were the two in between? Uh, B was Andrei Shevchenko, and C was Marco Van Basten. I'm going to go Shevchenko. I'll go Van Bashen on this. Why not? Jose, well done. You picked the right oh, answer. It is B, Andrei Shevchenko. Was... Cristiano Ronaldo, I believe, missed it by like one game. And then he would have, he would he have had, equaled it. He almost had 50. That's ridiculous. So there you go. Um, and finally, uh, this one's not related to 50 goals, but it is the fastest goal. Which league has the fastest time as the record up. for the fastest oh. goal scored? Is it mm. A the basically is it A the Bundesliga B La Liga C Ligun? Just tell me which freaking league of the five I mean, that like, we cover it fast, is. Okay, fastest school. It's the MLS. No, <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go Bundesliga. I'm gonna go Bundesliga for some reason. Okay, and Paul, uh, I'm gonna go Prem. We're gonna go with the hardy old Premier Premier League. Look at that! You guys end the day on the same number of trivia points gained because. Paul, you are correct. It is the Premier League at 7.69 seconds. Interestingly enough, Jose... Is it DeAndre the, Yedlin? No, 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 no. It was uh, Shane Long. Um, oh, okay. But interestingly oh, right. enough, Jose, the Bundesliga has the slowest time on this list <laughs> at 9.32 seconds, which is interesting. I probably got uh, slipped up on... you seen the viral video when uh, the, one of the goalkeepers did, um, take it, took the penalty kick. And then they immediately scored after after he scored the penalty kick because he wasn't running ac across the field fast enough. Oh, on the no, I haven't store. seen this video, but I should watch this video. Yeah, I think his last the goalkeeper's last name is Butt, and I don't 
or boot as pronounced, but uh, you just play at Bayern Munich and take PKs. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But that's not like start of the game. That's just right, right after goal scored. So right, that right, makes right. sense. Okay. All right, guys. 20 questions. Let the questioning begin. I will pull up the information that you need. All right. Remember, 15 seconds. 15 seconds per question. question. New rule. We're installing it. Just make New it quicker. Rule. All right. I'll start us off. Uh, is this person a current player? Uh, yes, they are. All right. Is this person uh, currently playing in the Premier League? No. Is this person currently playing in La Liga? No. Is this person currently playing playing in the Bundesliga? Uh, no. Is this person currently playing in uh, Syria? Uh, no. Is this person currently playing in Ligue 1? Yes. That's six. Okay. All right. Um... Does this person play for? Um, uh, is this person a center, uh, a midfielder? Sorry. No. Uh, is this person? Does this person play on a team that finished in the first three positions in in this season's league? Yes. Okay. Is this person play for Marseille? No. I think, I think that's is that ten? Yeah, uh that was nine. Okay. It, does this person play for current league on table? Paris Saint Germain. Yes. Alright, well you don't need to worry about that now. You're right. You're right. Alright. Um not a um We might have time I, for the second one. The second one if you guys get this this There's fifteen questions. I like it. There's fifteen seconds. Um is this person a uh defender? Yes. Uh, does is it uh does the player play for the Brazilian national team? Yes. All right, here we go. We're down to two, Paul. All right. Um, is this player? Come on, Paul. Was this player captain of the Brazilian national team? That's a good question. Cap. Really? Yes. Uh, is this player Thiago Silva? Yes. There you All go. Right. Wow. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job, guys. Dude, well who would have known putting a 15-second rule was going to make us go <laughs> this game? You guys, you guys killed it. Okay. We'll do, we'll do the next one because that took literally right. like two minutes. So we'll go ahead. Let's we'll, do it. We'll do the next one. All right. Um, and? Jose, do you want to start this one off? Yeah. All yeah, right. Let, so let the get down the formula. Uh, is this a current player? Uh, yes. Does this person play in the Premier League? No. Does this player currently play in La Liga? No. We, sorry, does this person play in the Bundesliga? No. Does this, does this person play in Serie A? No. Does this person play in Eredivisie? No. Does oh. this person currently play in uh, the Scottish League? No. Wait, did we go through all the leagues, Paul? We didn't do Ligue 1, but I figured oh, okay. we wouldn't do... Would this, does this person play in Ligue 1? No. Uh, does this person play in a European league? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, here we go. Now we got to do the rest of the world on FIFA. Switch it to that. <laughs> seriously. I'm... Hey, are we counting Turkey as uh, European? Sure. Oh, that's controversial. They play in the Champions League, so yes. They are in Europe, okay. and part okay. of the European Union. All right, so let's try to stop guessing leagues, because now we're... <laughs> now, but it's rest of the world, so we know that. All right, is this person a... Uh, Four, Europe, uh, three, is this of, per, of two, European descent? Is this person of European descent? Yes. Mm, I think that's 10. Does this person play in the Turkish League? No. Oh my god, what league is this? So it can be the Russia, it can be Greece, it could be um, Sweden, or other leagues too. Austria, Austria. Um, is this person a midfielder? No. Does this person play striker? No. Okay, well, I mean... Is this person a goalkeeper? Yes. Okay. Okay, I... <sighs> Oh, uh, has this person won a... Oh, sorry. Well, Go. No, can can Paul take my question or no? Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. Okay, allow it. 
Does this person has this person won a Champions League? Yes. Paul, go ahead, because I'm out, bro. This is all you, man. Put the team on Does the back. this person play in Liga Nos? Yes. Is this person Iker Casillas? Well done, Paul. <laughs> I really wow. didn't think you guys were going to get it. I, dude, I... Jose, as a Real Madrid fan, you got to be I a little know. bit disappointed in yourself. I, I completely forget the Portuguese league. I, like, uh, it's three teams and then everyone else. You were like uh, Turkey, Russia, Sweden. I was like, Portugal? Are you serious? I know. I know. After so I bad. said them all, I was like, oh, yeah, Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what led me to Iker Casillas. Well done. Don't sleep on Porto. Don't sleep on Porto. <laughs> Exactly. Of Porto. all the yes. teams, that's why I was so like disappointed at the beginning. I was like, "What are you doing?" Okay, yeah. well done, guys. Well done. Uh, with that, we will wrap up episode number fifty. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, Paul, would you like to shout out our social media? Yeah, follow us at Cheeky Chip Chat um, on either Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or all of the above um at cheeky chip chat yeah uh we'll post our uh, teams on there so give us a vote also newly releasing um not it's it's a little it's still in development on mobile but if you if you look at it on desktop looks fantastic uh you can also check us out on the internet at cheekychipchat.com. uh you can even write into us there you can send in topic suggestions you can send in 20 questions suggestions trivia questions you can ask us stuff uh, whatever you want to do, you can check it out at cheekychipchat.com. Uh, and as always, all the show that you had, all the music that you've heard on today's episode uh, was provided by our friends at purpleplanetmusic.com. You can check them out at purple-planet.com. Uh, so once again, thank you guys for, for coming on the show. Thank you all listeners for tuning in. And as always, we hope that you chips will keep it cheeky until we chat next time. Take care. <laughs>